This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. Today is the day, hockey fans. The NHL is back and ready for a full 82-game season, starting with just two games tonight. The Penguins at the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Seattle Kraken opening up their franchise history against the Vegas Golden Knights. We're going to get into those two matchups here in just a second. But I wanted to let you guys know what is to come here on this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. An episode that is coming out on the first day of the NHL regular season. I am jacked up, ready to watch some regular season hockey, whether it be on ESPN, ESPN+, TNT, NHL Network. I don't care. I'm excited to watch regular season hockey. But like I mentioned, we're going to go over the opening night matchups in just a couple minutes. A little bit later, we're going to go around the league with my new segment called Coast to Coast, which is basically just around the league. We just dolled it up a little bit, put a name to it. So Coast to Coast in the second segment, and then in the third segment, I'm going to be giving you my Stanley Cup Finals predictions, my preseason Stanley Cup Finals predictions. And you know what? Similar to last week when I gave my NHL awards predictions, I'm going to hold myself to these. I'm not going to jump off the bandwagon if one of these teams has a bad start, which I highly doubt, to be completely honest. But I'll give you those predictions in just over 25 minutes. But let's start off with NHL opening night because that is literally tonight. We have less than 24 hours. Depending on when you're listening to this, the games might have already happened. But when you're listening to this, there might be less than 12 hours until the start of the NHL regular season, until puck drop until banner raising, until all this fun stuff and this fun, fun season of NHL hockey kicks off. I'm excited to watch some hockey tonight. I hope everybody else out there that is listening to this is also excited. So let's start off with this doubleheader, both going to be on ESPN. Let's start off where ESPN is starting off. Down in Florida, the Tampa Bay Lightning hosting the Pittsburgh Penguins. It is a battle of the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, the only two franchises to do that in the salary cap era will be facing off as the Tampa Bay Lightning begin their quest for a three-peat, trying to become one of the first teams, the first team, I should say, to win three Stanley Cup championships in a row since the early 1980s in the New York Islanders. They're going to have their banner raising tonight. It's going to be a lot of glitz, a lot of glamour, a lot of Hoopla in Tampa Bay. The Penguins are going to be starting this season definitely without Evgeny Malkin. There were rumors that Sidney Crosby might sneak into the lineup here as he's been practicing the last couple of days with the Pittsburgh Penguins. A surprise in the least with that, just to see him practicing, coming off of wrist surgery just about five weeks ago. And they might also be without Jake Gensel. Now, on Monday, he was with the team and he was practicing So I would imagine that he is cleared. 
from COVID protocol if he was practicing with the team. But similar to the situation they had with Zach Aston Reese, whether or not Mike Sullivan feels comfortable with Jake Gensel where he's at as far as being up to speed and ready to go for the season, he may not play. So a Penguins team that might not have Crosby, Malkin, or Gensel will definitely not have Malkin. Most likely not have Crosby. They're going to go up against the Tampa Bay Lightning, a team that features some of the best players, honestly, in NHL history. I would imagine it's going to be Andre Vasilevsky versus Tristan Jari between the pipes. Advantage Tampa Bay. I would imagine you're going to have a starting center of Steven Stamkos for Tampa. And if Crosby doesn't come back, it's going to be Jeff Carter for Pittsburgh. Advantage Tampa Bay. You have top six forwards like Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, and then Anthony Sorelia is possibly a top six forward or a third line center. I think that's also advantage Tampa Bay. But I wouldn't write off the Penguins just yet. Not just because I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, but because I've seen every year since I've started watching hockey that more often than not, the team that raises a banner starts out a little bit slowly. Doesn't necessarily mean they always lose, but they don't always come out firing because of everything that leads up to it. Honestly, that kind of translates for anybody's home opener because there's a lot of pomp and circumstance for for home openers every year in the NHL, but a banner raising is just that times 10, times 100, honestly. The Stanley Cup will be in the building tonight as the Tampa Bay Lightning give it back technically to the NHL until... Somebody claims it in late June, early July, whenever the Stanley Cup's going to finish off. But I think this is going to be a fun game. I think both games tonight will be extremely fun. Normally, I'm not going to go into a lot of previewing of specific games just because we have 32 teams to cover here on this podcast. But it is opening night. There's only two games, so we're going to get into them, especially because of the storylines surrounding them. I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning. We had Chase Croshaw on, on the inaugural episode of the Hockey Hotbed, and we talked about what chances they have at three-peating. They'd love to get off to a good start tonight. I'm interested to see how some of their new players mesh, how they deploy a guy like Corey Perry, how they deploy a guy like Pierre-Edouard Belmar. Where do we see Ross Colton, the hero from Game 5 of the Stanley Cup Finals last year? Where does he end up playing? What about Matthew Joseph? Does he end up getting a normal roster spot? Let's see how this all shapes up on opening night. And then on the other side of the things, what do the Penguins do without Evgeny Malkin? What do the Penguins do potentially without Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel in the opener? Jeff Carter was great last year. Whenever he got over to Pittsburgh, he went off, including, I believe, a four-goal performance against the Buffalo Sabres late in the season. But can he be the first-line center there and still produce at those levels? We'll have to see. But it's going to be a fun game. You know, there's a reason the NHL scheduled these two teams together, and it's because they are the only two teams in the salary cap era to go back-to-back. The Penguins did it also pretty recently in 2016-17, and the Tampa Bay Lightning in 2020 and 2021. So that's going to be a great game. I mean, when you talk about getting to kick off the NHL season in a fun way, that is the way to do it. On ESPN, nonetheless, it's going to be their first telecast since the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup back in 2004. That was the last game ESPN televised. And now bringing it back with Tampa Bay once again. 
the second game that ESPN will be televising on their new contract is going to be the Seattle Kraken at the Vegas Golden Knights. When the, the Kraken were announced, a lot of people said, you know, their biggest rival is probably going to be Vancouver. They're so, they're so close. I mean, proximity. They're very, very close. And, you know, I understand that. That's why we have you know, rivalries like the Kings and the Ducks and rivalries similar to you know, Pittsburgh-Washington, Pittsburgh-Philly, Boston and, and Toronto, sort of. I mean, that's that's original six, more so. But to me, the Vegas Golden Knights are lacking a rival. I mean, a lot of people don't like them because of the way they've handled certain player personnel issues, but they're lacking a real rival. You could say San Jose because of what happened in their second season and how the Vegas Golden Knights bowed out in the postseason. But San Jose is going to be so bad this year that you can't even consider them a rival when you look at Vegas, who's probably going to win the division. I don't know if Seattle's going to be good, but Seattle's going to be better than San Jose. And also you have you know the 31st team in the NHL going up against the 32nd NHL squad. I think that should be a built-in rivalry in and of itself. They're in the same division. That also helps. And they're both trying to get off on the right foot. Now, Vegas has got off on the right foot. They've made the playoffs every single season, heading into their fifth season. And they went to the Stanley Cup in their first year. Seattle is trying to emulate that. Maybe not textbook, because if you look at Vegas, technically, they've gotten pretty old when it comes to overall age. And they're in some salary cap issues. So maybe Seattle doesn't want to completely carbon copy what the Vegas Golden Knights did. But they would definitely like to have the success. I mean, getting to the cup finals in your first year, that would be something I'm sure Seattle's looking for. But making the postseason more specifically in your first four years, that's something I think Seattle is definitely looking to emulate, just being competitive from the you know, from the jump. We'll see what they get to do in their first game at Vegas. Vegas Golden Knights, their first game was a game at the Arizona Coyotes. This is a little bit bigger. I mean, the Golden Knights are a better team. Vegas is a bigger market. And it's on ESPN. So, a lot more pomp and circumstance surrounding the Seattle Kraken's first game than was surrounding the Vegas Golden Knights' first game four years back. I'm excited to see what the Kraken lineup looks like. I'm excited to see how they stand against the cream of the crop in the Pacific Division. The Vegas Golden Knights are a team that has Stanley Cup aspirations this year, as they should. They are a favorite. Whether or not they're a team I'm placing in the Stanley Cup final, you'll have to continue to stay tuned for that. But they're definitely the front runner to win the Pacific Division. And they're definitely going to be a, a force to be reckoned with come playoff time, as they have been. It's not like they just make the playoffs. They make the playoffs and they win series. So Vegas, it's going to be a big year for them. Seeing what happens. And obviously for Seattle, it's a huge year. You want to get off on the right foot. And this is a great chance to do that. If you knock off the Vegas Golden Knights in game number one, that is a statement for the Seattle Kraken. Goaltending matchup in this one, Philip Grubauer, I would imagine, is going to start for Seattle. Signing a big contract there as a free agent. And for the Vegas Golden Knights, Robin Leonard is going to be the starter. It is the start of the Robin Leonard era in Vegas. No more Marc-Andre Fleury. No more Alan Walsh with pictures of a sword through the back of the other goaltender. It is all Robin Leonard. 
I expect him to have a really good season, obviously, as on the last episode of the Hockey Hotbed, I said that the Vegas Golden Knights were going to win the Jennings Trophy, meaning they allowed the least amount of goals across the entire NHL. So I expect Robin Leonard to have a good season. I expect Robin Leonard to have a good game tonight. But you look on the other side, and Philip Grubauer was a Vezina Trophy finalist last year. It's going to be a good goaltender matchup. I think of the four goaltenders tonight in all in both games, Tristan Jari of the Penguins is probably overmatched when it comes to resume. I mean, Vasilevsky, best goaltender in the league. And then you have Robin Leonard, who has been fantastic the past five years, honestly. And Philip Grubauer, who is a Vezina Trophy finalist. So, yeah, Jari's a little overmanned. But if you look at this game, Seattle versus Vegas, you have great goaltending matchup. You have really good defense on both sides. The big thing is going to be Vegas' offense. I mean, their forwards are a lot deeper and a lot more of a threat than the Seattle Kraken, at least coming out of the gate. So Vegas, if they're going to win this game, they're going to have to put a bunch of goals past Philip Grubauer. I mean, if they score four, I think that'll be enough tonight. I don't see Seattle scoring more than three goals on Robin Leonard and that Vegas Golden Knights defense. So if Vegas can get to four, then... They're probably going to win this inaugural game for the Seattle Kraken. Also, one thing I did want to mention before we go to a quick break here. This jersey matchup might be one of the best jersey matchups in the NHL going forward. I have loved the Vegas Golden Knights jerseys since they premiered. I'm not a huge fan of the red alternates that they had last season. Their, quote, reverse retro, even though it was only their fourth season in the NHL. I wasn't a huge fan of the red. The gold kind of grew on me, but the gray for the Vegas Golden Knights and the white for the Vegas Golden Knights are two of the nicest jerseys in the NHL. And Seattle came in hot with their jerseys. So getting to see the Seattle Kraken versus Vegas Golden Knights, something which five years ago you couldn't even fathom in your mind. You wouldn't have even been able to put these images together in your brain. Also, the fact that it's on ESPN, even more of a visual pleasure. So I'm excited to see it. I think it's going to be visually pleasing. I think it's going to be a great game. And I think we're off to a great start here in the 2021-22 NHL season. These two games should be two highly competitive, two very exciting, very entertaining games on ESPN. And I, for one, am extremely, extremely excited to kick things off tonight. Tomorrow night, another fun game between the Washington Capitals and the New York Rangers. I don't want to get into that too much, but if you saw what happened at the end of last season, if you see where these teams are primed to be this year in the Metropolitan Division, that's also must, going to be must-see television. So we're getting off on our great foot for the 2021-22 season. I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, we're going to have our first technically ever coast-to-coast -coast segment with Nick Berlansky. We'll be right back. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a single point. Now, the last 0-0 tie in NFL history was in 1943, so I would say that's a no-brainer. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long in the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now 
and use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a single point. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, Season 1, Episode 11. I mean, these rack up really quickly. These do. I mean, we started at the beginning of September. Now we're in mid-October. It feels like I've still just started, like, the first or second episode of this, but having a lot of fun here on the Hockey Hotbed. I've had a lot of fun previewing the NHL season, but now, tonight, it gets underway. Obviously, I talked about the two games tonight in segment number one, but... We're going to start a new segment, which is technically not a new segment. It's not a revolutionary segment by any means. It's literally just an around the league segment. But we're going to we're going to dress it up a little bit. It's now called Coast to Coast with Nick Berlansky. We're going to have to get some some music and some graphics and all that going. But Coast to Coast with Nick Berlansky, the first edition. Starting right now. A couple of huge stories over the weekend getting ready to start the season. Some last minute moves were made. One huge one was Tampa Bay Lightning head coach, John Cooper. He signs an extension with the team. Three years that's going to take him through the 2024-25 season. The Tampa Bay Lightning locking up kind of the the bench boss. He is the bench boss. He's kind of the the leader of this team that has won back-to-back Stanley Cups. John Cooper has been a phenomenal NHL coach since he entered the league 10 years ago with the Tampa Bay Lightning, fostering up through their AHL system. I mean, for the most part, the Tampa Bay Lightning have been competitive every single year. I mean, that also goes to show the work that Steve Eiserman did as general manager, the work that Julian Breezewall has done since taking over for Eiserman, but also goes to show what it means to have a guy like John Cooper behind the bench. His resume obviously speaks for itself. The two Stanley Cups are massive. A year prior to that, record-breaking regular season in the NHL. And also, let's not forget about the fact that he took the Tampa Bay Lightning, or helped lead the Tampa Bay Lightning, to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2015, only to lose to the Chicago Blackhawks. So, this guy has been in the Stanley Cup three times, has won twice. He has one record-breaking NHL regular season, and he's just such a great coach. If you ask anyone that has played for the Tampa Bay Lightning, if you ask anybody around the league, John Cooper is the cream of the crop in coaches. He's top five, top ten every year in Jack Adams voting. I mean, that there's a reason for that. Part of that does go because look at the players he has around him, but you still got still got to get a scheme going. And you still have to be able to deploy these guys in a way that's going to help them be successful. So congratulations, John Cooper. Huge extension. Three years. The money was not released. Keep an eye out. Usually coaches, the money doesn't get too released at all. But... Going for a three-peat, if he does that, that's going to make him pretty immortal as far as head coaches go. I think after a three-peat, you could probably start to talk about, yeah, maybe this guy is a a Hockey Hall of Fame mind. I I wouldn't go there yet, but I I think if he wins a third straight this year, 
I think that starts creeping into the conversation about John Cooper. Tampa Bay, of course, has been shoring up their front office and behind their bench all preseason long as they had signed Julian Breezeball a few weeks back. I talked about that on this very show. But the Tampa Bay Lightning definitely making sure that what they have built down there stays down there and trying to continue this franchise that they've started. Moving to the other Florida team, the Florida Panthers inked star center Alexander Barkov to a massive, massive contract extension. The most money that I have seen doled out within five days of the regular season starting in a long time. Eight-year contract, maxing out the amount of time that he's allowed to re-sign. $10 million average annual value. Now, that doesn't kick in until next season. He is playing this year, was going to play this year on a contract year. Now he doesn't have to worry about that as this extension kicks in next offseason. Still making less than $6 million against the cap. So really good value for Alexander Barkov for the Florida Panthers this year. Next year, I mean, you had to pay the piper at some point. The guy went from being one of the most underrated centers in the NHL to now one of the premier centers in the NHL. The big thing with the Florida Panthers is the fact that now you're going to have Alexander Barkov on a $10 million deal, and you're going to have Sergei Bobrovsky on a $10 million deal. And I I know General Manager Zito did not sign that contract with Sergei Bobrovsky. At least I don't think he did. I don't know. I'm starting to doubt myself. But the point is, you're going to have two guys over $10 million, and with Sergei Bobrovsky... This year is going to be an interesting year. We'll see how much they use him versus how much they use young stud Spencer Knight, who's going to be extremely talented. But nonetheless, this is about Alexander Barkov. He gets that $10 million. He's going to be worth that $10 million. In 529 games played, all with the Florida Panthers, he has scored 181 goals, 465 points. He is the reigning Selkie Trophy winner. So he's been voted to be a really, really good two-way forward. Statistically, he is a very, very good two-way forward as well. Analytically, he stacks up with the best defensive forwards in the NHL. And also, a couple seasons back, he won a Lady Bing trophy. So when you talk about a guy that has done it all the right way for the Florida Panthers, has stuck with that organization through some pretty tough times. I mean, they're coming out of it now. They're going to be a favorite in that Atlantic division. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with this season because they're they're a great team this year. But when you're talking about a guy that's been there and has stuck with that team, has been underrated basically because of where he plays and that wants to stay there, that is huge for the Florida Panthers market. That is huge for the Florida Panthers organization. I'm sure... Panthers fans are ecstatic to get Barkov locked up. I know that's a big number, but he is your star player. It's Barkov and Huberto, and Barkov is just a tier above that. So congratulations to Barkov. Huge money. We love to see players get paid out, especially when they deserve it, and Barkov does deserve it. So two big deals over the weekend in Florida. Barkov and... Sunrise, Florida, on the eastern part of the state. 
and head coach John Cooper on the western side of the state in Tampa Bay. Let's let's get out of Florida, all right? As much as we like to be in Florida, as much as winter is coming, and we want to be in Florida because it's nice and warm, let's move north a little bit and west a little bit and talk about the St. Louis Blues. Veteran goal scorer James Neal is going to play hockey this season. I don't know if there was a doubt that he was going to find a team to play with. But surprisingly, as a free agent, nobody really had interest in him throughout most of the year. He signed a PTO with the St. Louis Blues to go to training camp. And now he officially signs a deal to play hockey for the St. Louis Blues this year. He's heading into his 15th season in the NHL. That's kind of that's kind of crazy to think about. A guy like James Neal has been around for 15 years, but that's that, that's how long he's played. I mean, the guy is a veteran goal scorer, and if he's good for anything, is the fact that he can put the puck in the back of the net. He struggled a little bit last season, had some injury issues, but only, only scored five goals in a little over 20 games with the Edmonton Oilers. There was an expectation there that with his goal-scoring acumen and Connor McDavid's just overall Connor McDavidness, that he was going to go off last year, and he didn't. He had a rough year. Like I said, he, he dealt with injury as well. So now coming into this year, he's going to be healthy. He's getting a fresh start in St. Louis. We'll see how that bodes for him. But I mean, the guy, when it comes to raw talent, he still has it. And it's going to help the St. Louis Blues because I feel like that's the one thing that they were missing before adding James Neal for sure is they were really missing a, a trigger guy. I know you have a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko who is with the team. It seems like he's going to play at least to start out this season with the team. Seems like he's happier there. He's a goal scorer, but he's coming off that shoulder surgery, so there's question marks there. They have a couple other guys. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly can put the puck in the back of the net. David Perron, also a talented goal scorer, but he's more of a playmaker. And they also, they lost a guy like Jaden Schwartz, who was a huge goal scorer for them for the past couple of seasons, especially in their Stanley Cup run. So I think it's good for the St. Louis Blues to add a guy like James Neal. I think his ability to just... Score goals when few other can. Just to have that shot in the lineup is going to be good for the St. Louis Blues. And I think it's going to be good for James Neal as well to be needed in that role. Now, whenever he he came over on that PTO, his first game, he almost scored as many goals in his first preseason game with St. Louis than he did all last season with Edmonton. He had a hat trick. So at that point, you kind of already kind of assumed that he was going to be signing a contract with St. Louis Blues, but here it is, official. He will be on that team opening night. You hope that a player like that can can find the back of the net and can find some success late in his career, but heading into his 15th season, he he is on a downhill downhill trajectory. I'm struggling with those words. So a good deal for St. Louis, a good deal for James Neal, and the real deal is going to continue to play hockey. One last story from over the weekend, and it, it was by far the biggest one. I know Sasha Barkov's big contract is huge in Florida. And I hate to do it to the Florida Panthers. But that market, compared to the market that this story came out of, it, it does not compare. Sasha Barkov might be a better player than Mika Zibanejad. But the New York Rangers organization basically put the stamp down that said, you know what? This player is not involved in a Jack Eichel trade, potentially. And that's Mika Zibanejad. He signs a monster extension with the New York Rangers. Like I mentioned, during the offseason, the Rangers 
were rumored to be heavily in on Jack Eichel. I mean, why not? Jack Eichel would love to play in New York. That would do so well for him playing for the New York Rangers. But you look at what the Rangers have. And Mika Zibanejad was part of those rumors. Now it seems as if, I mean, those rumors have died down to begin with. Eichel to New York. But now with this extension, I would imagine Mika Zibanejad is locked up and staying in in New York. Eight-year deal. $8.5 million AAV. I know what you're thinking. A little bit of a steep price tag for a guy that, you know, is, is not a premium star in the NHL. I mean, he's not even Artemi Panarin. Well, I mean, he's probably the second most important player on that team behind Panarin. This deal kicks in after the season, so this year he's still playing on his previous deal. Same as Sasha Barkov. Zabenajad is a 10-year NHL veteran. But he's going into his sixth season in New York. And I I feel like it was just yesterday that he went to New York. And we were excited to see him in New York. But now, after this year, he will have officially played more years in New York than he did in Ottawa. Since coming over to New York, he's scored 136 goals in just 323 games. He's one of the most underrated NHL goal scorers in the league. The guy is extremely talented. I mean, if if you look back to... I don't remember if it was a five or a six goal performance against the Washington Capitals. That was a huge game. He's dealt with injuries the past couple of seasons, but he's still been able to go out there and put up some staggering numbers in the goal scoring department. The other thing about Mika Zibanejad, other than the fact that he's going to score a lot of goals, especially you know playing with the New York Rangers, a team that could potentially make a lot of noise in the postseason, Mika Zibanejad there's a chance that he gets the C, especially after signing this deal. There were rumors about who is going to be the captain of the New York Rangers. There haven't been a captain or hasn't been a captain there since Ryan McDonough was traded down to Tampa Bay. There was a a short story early in the preseason about Artemi Panarin saying, you know, I don't know if I want the captaincy. I think there's other players on this team that deserve it more. I think Mika Zibanejad is the guy he was talking about. I mean... Some people have said, yeah, Jacob Truba's been there for a little while, and he's a, he's a veteran. No. I, I say you give it to Mika Zibanejad. I think that, that fits perfectly. I mean, there's been rumors about it. This contract, just it fits perfectly. The guy's going to be here. The guy is going to produce. The guy is going to score goals, and the guy is a great leader. So if he is the next captain of the New York Rangers, I would not be surprised. But as of right now... He is the owner of a brand new shiny contract that will kick in after this season. Before I I head to break, I do want to look up his numbers really quickly from the last couple of seasons. Just going to pull them up right here. Alrighty. So, absolutely ridiculous numbers since going to New York. His first year, 56 games, 14 goals. Okay, not great. Not amazing. Kind of middling. Second year in 72 games, he has 27 goals. All right, 25 plus, that's good. (laughs) In his third year, 82 games, plays the full season, scores 30 goals. Now he's a 30-goal scorer. But it's the following year that gets ridiculous. 57 games played in 2019-20. He scores 41 goals. 41 goals, 75 points. Oh, and the year prior to that, he also had 74 points in 82 games. 
but 75 points, 41 goals in 57 games in 2019-20. That is the Mika Zibanejad that just got that contract. Oh, and also to mention the fact that he had 50 points in 56 games last year, along with 24 more goals. The guy is an absolute stallion. I mean, whether or not they make him the captain, he's going to be a fun player to watch. He's a guy that I think is going to do very well with this new ESPN Plus and TNT deal. I think more exposure across the United States is good for a guy like Mika Zibanejad. I mean, he plays in a huge market to begin with. The Rangers are going to be a good team, so eyes are going to be on them this year. Mika Zibanejad, I think, is a guy, although Artemi Panarin is the headliner, Mika Zibanejad is a guy that I believe is going to do very, very well for himself, thanks to the new TV deal the NHL signed. Well, that's Coast to Coast with Nick Berlansky. Those are all the newest storylines and newest headlines in the NHL since I last came to you before the weekend. I'm going to take one last quick break, but when I return, I will be giving my Stanley Cup Finals prediction. Stay right here. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed, presented as always by the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN when you visit the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and opportunities, thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, that's promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Here we are on NHL opening day. We're very excited. A lot of excitement in the air. 32 clean slates for the NHL. Two teams will make it to the Stanley Cup, and I will give you my predictions in this segment. Thank you to everybody that has tuned in so far to Season 1, Episode 11. Thank you to everybody that is tuning in on YouTube to this video right now. There are two teams, in my opinion, that are, I wouldn't say easily, but two teams that I think are a pretty good bet to make it to the Stanley Cup Final. I'm going to start off in the Eastern Conference. When I look at the Eastern Conference, there's a lot of question marks for a lot of teams, but generally, I think those teams are are very talented and are going to threaten, especially when they get late in the playoffs. I think the New York Islanders, I mean, they've been banging on the door the last couple of seasons. They're going to be a threat. You look at a team like the Carolina Hurricanes, they're also going to be a threat in the Metropolitan Division. Boston, if they can figure out their goaltending, Boston's going to be a tough out. If Toronto can figure out how to play in the postseason, Toronto's going to be a tough team. But for a lot of these teams, I have to say if. There's one team in the East that when I look at, I don't really feel like I need to say if. Other than the, you know, obligatory if they stay healthy. But that goes for every single team in the NHL every year. So the one team that I don't really have a a big if with is the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's my my pick to win the Eastern Conference this year preseason is the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're going for the three-peat this year, starting tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They've won back-to-back Stanley Cups. 
The last team to three-peat, as I've mentioned several times leading up to the season, was the New York Islanders in the 1980s. But when I look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, I understand how difficult it's going to be to win in that East Conference. It's going to be difficult to win in the Atlantic Division. But when I look at the way that they're built, and I understand they lost a lot. I mean, you lost your entire third line. And it's not like it was a bad third line either. It was one of the best third lines that we have seen in the salary cap era. Yanni Gord, Blake Coleman, Barkley Goodrow, all gone. Also, you lost Tyler Johnson, who's been a staple for your team for a long time. Yeah, I understand you're losing a lot. But I think they did a good job whenever they added a guy like Brian Elliott to back up Andre Vasilevsky. Not that Andre Vasilevsky really needs the best of backups. But a guy like Brian Elliott is going to be better, in my opinion, than some of the backups they've had in the past. I mean, Curtis McElhaney, yeah, I would imagine so. So I I like what they did there. I like that addition. I also like the fact that they brought in a guy like Corey Perry. I don't think he's as good as those guys that left on the third line, but I think the way he plays kind of fits in with how they want that third line to look. And he has plenty of experience. He's been to the Stanley Cup the past two seasons and lost to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So again, sort of like Marion Hossa in the late 2010s or 20, the late 2000s. If you can't beat him, join him. Corey Perry lost as a member of the Dallas Stars, lost as a member of the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I think it's about time they went down to Tampa. They also added Pierre-Edouard Belmar, who I think is vastly underrated for the position that he can play on a team. He was really good for Vegas when they ran to the Stanley Cup. He had been very good for the Colorado Avalanche since joining them. And I think he's going to be very good for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think that is a very underrated move that they made. But I mean, the biggest reason that I'm staking my claim with the Tampa Bay Lightning is Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, he's the best goaltender in the NHL. He's one of the few goaltenders that you can honestly say could probably start 60 games this year and be fine. He's a freak of nature. He's probably going to be the only reason that Team Russia at the Olympics is going to be as competitive as they are. I mean, I wouldn't say the only reason. They're they're going to have a really good team, but so will a lot of other countries. But Andre Vasilevsky is the reason that they have a chance at gold. Maybe not more than Team Canada, but again, different story for a different show. But Andre Vasilevsky himself is the best goaltender in the NHL. He's a, a former Vezina winner. He's now a Conn Smythe winner after last off the last postseason. And he's a back-to-back Stanley Cup champion. The guy, one, is just massive. Two, is crazy athletic. And three, just genuinely is the best goaltender in the NHL. <laughs> he really, it's, it's not even a question. So no, I'm not going to pick against Andre Vasilevsky, especially when you get to the playoffs. I mean... You need a guy that has been there. You need a guy that is able to carry the load. And Andre Vasilevsky can more than carry the load. He had shutouts in all four clinching games last postseason. He's just a freak of nature. He's ridiculous. And he's the main reason why I'm staking my claim in the East with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Other reasons that I'm staking my claim. I mean, this guy's pretty good. This guy in Steven Stamkos is the captain of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's proven to be a really good leader. And he is the third best player, the fourth best player on this team. You're talking about a future Hall of Famer. Somebody that I've heard the question, is he the best Tampa Bay Lightning player of all time? You have, you know, Martin St. Louis, who was my favorite growing up, and Vincent LeCavalier, and 
some of these guys that are absolutely amazing, Steven Stamkos has earned the right to be in that conversation, and yet he's the fourth best player on this team. I would say Kucherov, Point, and Hedman right now are all better than him. And that is just also blatantly ignoring Andre Vasilevsky, who I just said is the best goaltender in the NHL. So having a guy like Stammer not have to be the best guy. He might be the the number one center on this team. He might be the first line center, but he doesn't have to be the best player. He can still share that with Nikita Kucherov. And Kucherov now on a full season. Last year, he missed all the regular season with a hip injury. Obviously, that was a a big storyline. But now you have Nikita Kucherov for a full season. What is he going to do? He's a former Art Ross Trophy winner, former Vezina Trophy, not Vezina Trophy winner. That'd be that'd be pretty ridiculous. Art Ross and Hart Trophy winner. And all around just really good. This Tampa Bay team is going to be a force to be reckoned with. And that is why I'm staking my claim with them. That's why I think that they're going to be the Eastern Conference champions this year. That's That's where my prediction lies as of right now on opening day. That one's a little bit obvious. I know a lot of people are picking the Tampa Bay Lightning just because of how good they are, how good they look. But let's move over to the West because I have a pick that, listen, if if you've listened to any of my division previews where I went down every single team, if you listened to me on Tip of the Iceberg on Monday, if you listened to me on Forechecking TV a couple weeks ago, I've kind of hinted at this. My Western Division champion, at least the one that I am predicting, in the preseason is the Winnipeg Jets. They are my dark horse to win the West. And they are my pick to win the West. I I think they are a dark horse still because you look at the Western Conference and the favorites are clearly, you know, the Colorado Avalanche, the Vegas Golden Knights. The And, and then honestly, after that, I'd put the Winnipeg Jets there. You look at the Pacific Division, it is weak. I don't know if I see anybody picking the Edmonton Oilers to be a Western Conference champion right out of the gate. Just because they they don't win in the postseason. They don't. The rest of the Pacific, there's too, too many question marks. The Central, less question marks. I mean, Chicago is going to be better, but is Chicago going to take that many steps? We don't know. You look at Minnesota. You know They've been good. They're going to be good again, but can they do it in the postseason? We don't know. I mean, they pushed Vegas to the limit last year. But when I see Winnipeg, I see a team that has the second best goalie in the league. So if this does come to pass, we're going to see one of the best goalie matchups ever in the Stanley Cup. I mean, we've had, obviously, you know, Waugh versus Brodeur. Those are reserved for the upper echelon. But this goalie matchup, if it happens, Connor Hellebuck versus Andre Vasilevsky, that would be outstanding. I mean, Vasilevsky versus Price last year was great. But the thing is, I think this team in the Winnipeg Jets would match up way better than the Montreal Canadiens did with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So you have Connor Hallibuck. Obviously a massive reason. And then you also look at the scoring that they have. This Winnipeg Jets team has always been a very high-scoring team. When you go to their depth, it gets a little shaky, but their top-end talent... They could go toe-to-toe with Tampa Bay. I think they can go toe-to-toe with anybody in the Western Conference. Obviously, you have a guy like Mark Shifley who is just is going to be suspended for the start of the regular season. I believe it's one game left on his suspension. 
for what he did in the postseason last year. But Mark Scheifele is a dominant player in this league. He's a former all-star. He scores goals because he has a ridiculous shot, and he also has a great vision and great hockey IQ. He's one of the better players in the league. I wouldn't say one of the best players in the league. Is he one of the best players on this team? Quite possibly. I think, obviously, Heliobuck is. And then Scheifele, I think, is right up there. You also look at the rest of the, you know, complimentary staff there for forwards. You have Paul Stastny. You have Nikolai Ehlers. You have Andrew Kopp. You have Blake Wheeler. You have Kyle Connor. I mean, these guys are all top-tier NHL players. And then you add a guy that I do want to talk about specifically on their forward core. Because he's a guy that I don't think is getting enough credit, and that is P.L. Dubois. Last year, with everything that happened in Columbus and him trying to orchestrate his way out, them trying to orchestrate their way to get him out, he finally goes to Winnipeg in exchange for Patrick Laine. He dealt with injuries, and if, if you listen to, and if you haven't, go listen to it, his interview with Elliot Freeman on 32 Thoughts, the podcast, from NHL Media Day. You, you hear how hard last year was for him. How hard the Columbus situation was for him. He didn't specifically talk about it, but you can hear how difficult it was. And then to get injured as well. He's never been injured before like that. So that was a lot for last year. But now he comes in healthy. He comes in in a new home. A fresh start. This is really the fresh start for him. I know they said last season possibly, but with the injuries, with the COVID situation, this is really his fresh start in Winnipeg. He's a guy that if you remember... In the bubble in Toronto. Completely, completely shut down the Toronto Maple Leafs. As a forward. He's a guy that last year, if you remember, in the postseason, played pretty well against Connor McDavid. He's a really good defensive forward. Not to mention the fact that he's also a very good offensive forward. And I think P.L. Dubois is going to make a name for himself this year. When it comes to breakout seasons, I know a lot of people have said... You know, he's been good. He's been in the media. He's been in the news. No, this year we're going to see something from him, I believe, that we haven't seen yet. And I think he's going to go to a level that he hasn't been before in his career. The only other thing I wanted to discuss about this team is the defense. Because, you know, two years ago, their defense, to say it was shoddy would be an understatement. I mean, it was Neil Pionk and his band of merry men, to be completely honest. But this year... I like that they added Brendan Dillon. They cost him two second-round picks, but I think that's a good addition for them. They added a guy like Nate Schmidt, who had a down year in Vancouver, but he was also never really happy in Vancouver. So we'll see what he can do. Hopefully he's a little bit happier in the position that he's in with Winnipeg. And we'll see what happens there. But adding a guy like Dillon, adding a guy like Schmidt, if he plays the way he did when he did in Vegas, that's a huge addition for them on D. And adding them to a defense core that they do have Neil Pionk, who I think is better than most people give credit for. So they do have Neil Pionk. They have Dylan DeMello, who had a really good season last year. And they have Josh Morrissey, who I think is not all the way an amazing player, but he is a good defenseman. I mean, if you're talking about him as a second-pairing, third-pairing guy, he's great in that role. I, I don't think he's amazing as a, as a top-pairing guy. But I think those five plus, you mean you add anybody else that you need to add there. That's a good decor. 
And with them in front of a guy like Connor Hellybuck, they're going to be tough to beat, especially, especially in that West Division. Or sorry, in that Central Division, excuse me, in the Western Conference. And then as I've mentioned, leading up to the season, three of the past four years, the Winnipeg Jets have been eliminated in the postseason by a team that's gone to the Stanley Cup Final. It's as simple as that. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. I say not this year. I say the Winnipeg Jets are the bride in the fact that they're going to go to the Stanley Cup Final. I'm not going to give my prediction for that final. Although if they went head-to-head, I think I would go with Tampa Bay. I'm not 100% sure. But my final prediction is the Tampa Bay Lightning taking on the Winnipeg Jets. Let me know if you agree. Let me know if you disagree. Let me know who your pick is to go to the Stanley Cup Final this year. I mean, you can take a flyer. It doesn't really matter. It's preseason. I'm going to stick true to these. I'm going to post them on social media. At Hockey Hotbed Pod on Twitter. At The Hockey Hotbed on Instagram. So give us a follow over there. And let me know. Who is in your Stanley Cup final as of right now? If you're predicting it today on opening day of the NHL season, who do you put in the Stanley Cup final? That's going to do it for this episode of the Hockey Hotbed. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. It is opening day of the NHL season, so I'm done talking. I am done talking. I'm ready to watch here on the opening day. Give us a follow on social media at the tags I already said. At Hockey Hotbed Pod on Twitter. The Hockey Hotbed on Instagram. You can follow me at Nick underscore Berlansky on Twitter if you are so inclined. But more so, if you're inclined, please, 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 subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Five stars would be amazing. Just help get the word out a little bit. If you enjoy this podcast, let other people know about it. And by rating us at five stars, by giving us a review by subscribing to us on Apple podcast that also gets the word out and I would truly appreciate it, but that's going to do it for this episode of the hockey hotbed. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. Let's enjoy hockey guys. It's back. <laughs>